This is episode 163 on the Herpreneur Show. Today we have Carmen's Kitchen, which you all should know. It's the iconic Australian brand that you see in supermarkets around Australia. Today we speak to the CEO and founder, Carolyn Creswell. This is a ripper of an interview back from 2020. You're going to love it. Enjoy. Welcome to the Herpreneur Show, where we talk women, business, life. I am your host, Annette Lakovich. I'm an entrepreneur, businesswoman, mum, and I'm a fitness fanatic who loves to dance. What I also love to do is help you reach your fullest potential in business, health, and happiness. Join me as I bring you life-changing interviews, world-class education that helps you continue to up-level your next stage in greatness. It's your time to shine. Let's do it. Let's bring you on to the lady of the hour. We've got Carolyn Creswell, the founder and CEO of Carmen's. Where in this beautiful land of Australia are you residing right now? Where do you live? Where do you work? Where is this area? Sure. So I live um, in a place called Bina, which no one will have ever heard of. So it is in Gippsland in uh, regional Victoria. So I'm about 20 minutes from the ocean, but I'm in on 100 acres surrounded by cows and chickens and horses and all sorts of wildlife. Do so, you have um, horses? Of, uh, yes, we've got two, and we've also got a massive um, bunch of kangaroos that lives in the bottom of the bottom of the hill in front of me. Wow! Do you ride yourself? No, no, they're just. Um, uh, more decoration. I'm very good at giving them ca- carrots. <laughs> now, your house is that a Hampton style behind you? It's just oh, well, um, this is an old uh, a room that was just an outdoor veranda, and then I just put some glass and enclosed it. And since COVID, I've sort of, um, you know, been working in here for about the last eight months. So um, it sort of was never designed for this, but it's it's very bright and airy, and, and um, yeah, I enjoy being here. That's absolutely stunning. I would love to rewind back. Carmen's have been around for 28 years. Some people just think that it's just suddenly it was just an overnight success and got out there. Oh, we all know the seasoned entrepreneurs, that that just doesn't happen. Can you take us back, age 21, founding Carmen's? I've read that you bought the business. Can you take us back to there and a bit of the evolution on where you've come from? Sure. Um, so I was a kid that my parents um, were, you know, gave me a great education, but I had no pocket money. So I had lots and lots of different part-time jobs. And one of those was uh, babysitting. And then when I finished school, the people that I babysat for said that, you know, they had a little muesli business and that they thought that um, they needed some help and would I be interested to come and work for them. So I used to go every Tuesday and make the muesli. And then after about six months, they said that they were going to sell this little business and I was probably going to lose my job. And I thought, well, hang on, I'm the one that's making the product. Why couldn't I be the one that, that buys it? So uh, I made an offer of $1,000 and it took them a couple of months, but eventually they accepted it and that's how Carmen's was born. Oh, my gosh. That is awesome. Wow. And so 21 years old, still at university. Was that right at that stage? Yes. yes. Yeah. Mm, okay, so, so then what happened after that? So you've bought this business, $1,000. What were the next steps that happened over the next couple of years? Well, so when I started, um, I didn't have a bank, you know, there was no bank account, there was no business name, 
and then slowly, um, you know, that it slowly started building up and the big push was to get into one of the supermarkets. So I tried and tried and eventually I did a presentation to Coles and I went in, I was so nervous and this lovely buyer, I'll never forget his name, Graham McShane, he said, all right then, I'll give you 20 stores and you can deliver it in yourself. And I walked out of their head office with tears dripping off my chin because this was my big chance. And I was, yeah, I was super excited to um, to be able to um, to get the product on the shelves. And I, I spent all of my profit buying my own product back off the shelves, which wasn't really a long-term you know, strong strategy, but I wanted the sales to look as good as they could. No, so I bought it when I was 18. Um, I, yeah, that's all right. Um, so I was probably at Coles maybe, um, I think it took about five years, so, you know, 25-ish, something um, in that vicinity. So, yeah, and it was only, it wasn't like all the Coles stores in Australia. It was just 20 stores, you know. Um, so it was a, quite a, a low-key entry. But for any entrepreneur that has food that wants to get their foot into coals, you know, that is just a dream come true to have one of the, you know, one of the two leading supermarket brands in all of Australia, the whole nation. Um, Tell me that journey then for those five years, were you, was it a whisper in your ear that you felt like you wanted to be Stocked in coals was it this huge burning desire? Uh, what was that that process like building up to that? Look, I think you know when I started, if you could imagine, it was just like having a product that you would sell, you know, at your local farmers market. And anyone that sells food, their big dream is to sell to one of the big supermarket chains. And I just kept getting rejected, and I would send in applications, and I still have one where they wrote no and they circled it and sent it back. With a, with a letter that you could, you know, they'd obviously written on my application. And, you know, it took a while, but, you know, I I, um, I have to say that if you don't have resilience in business and you can't, you've got to keep trying and trying and knocking on the doors because you never know when you'll get that little crack to to sort of um, sneak in and then slowly, hopefully try and um, to build your business with someone. So what was it in you then to not take that no? What was that burning desire? What was yeah. the self-talk? Well, I, I think you know, and I would always say to people that if you're not if you're not hearing no a bit in your career, you're probably not knocking on enough doors. And so for me, I've been very, um, I've probably pushed you know reasonably hard at different opportunities. I do sort of laugh that you know I was very fortunate to win the Telstra Australian Businesswoman of the Year, but I entered it for sixteen years in a row. So to be able to keep plugging away and saying, oh well, I didn't win now, but I'll I'll try again and I'll try again. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with hearing no. It's actually good and it knows that you're pushing, you know, you're pushing yourself hard enough. So, you know, I, I think you, you have to be able to have thick enough skin to hear it. Wow. That is incredible insight just to hear. So 16 times you entered for the yeah. – wow, that's yeah. a huge insight. My goodness. So um, one determined woman that we have in front of us right now, everybody <laughs> – can you tell me then the next stage? So you've got your entry into 20 coal stores. You're going crazy trying to buy stuff, probably asking friends and family to, to buy things as well. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so then what was the next stage or phase then? So slowly from that, you know, I needed to try and get from 
you know, just 20 stores here to get into what you call a distribution centre, so just to get into the state, which is Victoria, and then slowly to get in national and then to get national, um, you know, with Woolworths as well. And, you know, the the evolution of Carmen's has been slow. It's not an overnight success story. It's just each year we keep holding away. We just try and be better tomorrow than we were yesterday. We bring out, you know, a new range or two hopefully each year. And then hopefully if they um, are able to survive, you know, we've, we've now got 17 ranges of, you know, everything from muesli to clusters to crackers to muesli bars, nut bars, protein bars. Um, so there's lots of different things that we do now. But when I started, we just had one product. How do you come up with the ideas of products? Is it customer feedback? Is it just something yeah. that whirls up with you? Do you have a team that actually does the product? Yeah. Yeah, so it's quite um, sophisticated. You know, we look at international trends. So there's a few things. We look at what are the new trends. So, for example, when I started my business, the trend was no fat. So we used to take the coconut out of the products and now the trend is no sugar. So you put all the fat and the coconut and the nuts back back in and, you know, we try and develop products now that are sugar-free. You then also look at um, uh, what you, you have in your current range that's selling. You listen to consumer feedback. You know, it's... it's um, and then we go out and we're testing all the time. So we have an amazing panel of about 3,000 people and we go to them once or twice a week and we show them new ideas and see what they like the sound of and um, that's where I spend all of my time in product development. Wow. Looking back now, were you always passionate about more like a whole food, real ingredients when you are a child or was this sort of come along with the brand and then being a mother? Because you're a mother of how many? You said four. Yeah, so I've got four kids. I've got a 16, a 14, a 12 and a 10-year-old. So things are pretty busy here. Um, and I, I guess for me, you know, when I was younger, I certainly didn't know about cooking. And, you know, when it started, it was more, um, you know, I just literally, you know, it wasn't like I was some like muesli crazy museologist that was you know that was my passion it was more about this opportunity and, and business and um you know this chance that I was given but over time what I've tried to do is to bring out food that people enjoy eating so the thing with Carmen's is people know that the stuff we make is healthy but what I would hope is that they would say oh that was delicious and that's the big aim for us is to make sure that um that everything we eat uh, sorry that everything that we we sell people actually enjoy eating yeah uh, I'd love to know, it's just it's a burning question of mine, the owners that sold it to you, are they still around? Are you still in conversation with them? Um, take us to yeah. that relationship where it is now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're lovely, gorgeous people and I do run into them. I don't see them all the time but I certainly do run into them every now and then and certainly their kids because, remember, I used to babysit their kids. And now their kids have had kids and, um, yeah, I, I, um, I had a drink with one of their uh, um, daughters not so long ago. So um, it's, um, yeah, but there was no animosity. They, they, they didn't have it in them to, you know, it's been a long journey. So, um, yes, I'm, I'm very um, blessed. I guess I could recognise the opportunity when it was put in front of me. And I think that's part of it. How do you actually say, oh, wow, this is kind of interesting. Maybe I should give that you know, a chance. Yeah, and that, that's, that is, you're saying you're 18 to actually have something inside you to be intrigued to go, wow, like, and when I was asking that question, I wasn't thinking the animosity. I was thinking, like, how proud they would be, like, wow, like, 
the expansion that you've done over these years. I'm sure it's been, you know, total grit and hard work and, you know, it's, it's yeah, that's why I was asking that question just to see how proud they are or blown away, like, wow, who would have known? Yeah, yeah. you know, like I said, I don't see them all the time but I, I do think that they're, they're probably as amazed as I am. You know, neither of us would have ever thought it would be as big as it is today and, and I think um, that we're all pretty um, blown away and proud of the fact that it's sort of this, relatively iconic Australian brand now. Carolyn, we have so many different female entrepreneurs that listen to this, but if we put them into two different groups, we have the startups and then we've got the women that are seasoned. And seasoned being there's a, there's a mixed bag there. Some of them are scaling their businesses. Some of them are ready for growth. Some of them are, are growing their business because now they've been able to get team on and be able to grow up that way. Could you give... A best piece of advice, something that you feel that maybe you wish that you were told or something that you just think they really need to hear right now. They're in the trenches. They're, you know, doing the do. There's great days. There's hard days. Could you give a piece of advice for a female entrepreneur in the start? This is a very easy one for me to answer because I know what I was like when I was in the trenches. What I would say is that I feel that you need to be really cautious of what you say yes and what you say no to because if we say yes to every single opportunity we can't give justice to the really good ones so you know if someone came up to you in the street now and asked for um, $20 you'd say no but if they asked for 20 minutes people feel obliged that they just have to give their time to other people what I'd say is that what I've really learned is to manage my time so I can work on what I need to work on not at someone else's agenda. So when people might email me and say, oh, could you take my neighbour's, um, you know, um, daughter out for a coffee because she's interested in getting into the food industry, I'll say, look, I can't do that, but I could ring her when I'm on, on you know, driving to pick up, you know, drop my kids to school, pick up my kids. And so I schedule in a time when I know that I've, I can give what I can not necessarily to be able to um, just, you know, fill my diary with what other people uh, are asking me to do. So time is really important and you need to work on what is going to take your business to the next level. That is great sound advice because until you appreciate your time, others will not. And I love that you're saying if someone asks you $20 in the street, you'd say no, but you have to give 20 minutes of your time. But really, what's the value of your time and where you're yeah. using it to grow your business? I also love that you just said, Carolyn, a way to say no and a way to say yes that still um, feels like you're giving back in some way, but you're not actually totally diluting yourself. So you're looking at, which us women are great at, especially mums, at multitasking and going, okay, when can I actually book these calls in? And I, I love that idea that you've said, which is I'm going to be in the car at this time and booking the call then. So um, thank you. That's a great piece of advice and also great advice for, for any female entrepreneur listening, you know, mm. seasoned or startup. Um, I think that's really great advice. Thank you. Yeah. What about for the, that seasoned entrepreneur? She's ready to scale or she's ready to go go for gold now. She's got some 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 good experience under her belt she's pulling good numbers her business is making profit she maybe doesn't have some good systems in place but she's ready to take it up a level what would you say to her 
Look, I think there's a few things. I think that um, strategy is really important. Important. So it doesn't matter what size you are. It's saying, okay, the next phase I would like to get to looks like this. And then how do I make sure that everyone in my business knows what that looks like? And so how do we all work together to get there? So it's really making sure that you are just not working in your business, that you are carving out time to work on your business because you can keep pedalling, but if you don't actually improve how you operate and improve your business and work strategically to where you want to go, you, you that's how you keep the momentum and the growth. And I think, you know, that's relevant for for seasoned entrepreneurs and and still for um for up and coming entrepreneurs that are that are trying to you know find that success. Mm, I'd love to for us to get an insight in your your week. What was it like with you with the business now, and where are you actually positioned in that business? I know you're the founder. Do you have much to do with the day to day internal stuff? Um, I'd love to yeah. go there just to find out. Um, so yes, so I'm still the CEO. Um, I have the leadership team that reports to me. I work um, very closely with product development because that's the future of Carmen's to make sure that what we we release is, you know, delicious and on trend and um, and is you know the the best it can be. So I, I spend a lot of time looking at product and looking at packaging, which I love doing, and, and um, you know, covering off all of the multitude. Um, uh, of complexity of running a business that's sort of got to our size now. So um, I, I've got, you know, I, I'm very well supported with a with a great leadership team, but I'm certainly, you know, my husband's not involved and I'm, I'm certainly sort of running running it day to day. Yeah. Has there been a time in your past 28 years that really stands out as a massive learning curve? Maybe at the time it wasn't something oh, yes. that you wish to do again with a story or something you can share about, wow, because of that is the reason why I do this now. Yeah, I know the exact moment it was. So um, I was probably, it's probably about oh, maybe 12 years ago and I'd had a call from one of my major supermarket chains that had decided that they were going to delete our whole range, every product, and it was happening instantaneously and we had trucks that were out on the road about to deliver orders and they said we're going to be rejecting the trucks and sending them back and it was the most devastating phone call I literally burst into tears on the phone to the buyer and I just didn't know how I could ever come back from it you know when you sell a product you know in Australia you really want to be in both of the supermarket chains so you can do branding and marketing and that night I was beside myself and I still have a a picture on the wall that we had to go to a family dinner and there was a little etching on the wall of this little Italian restaurant we're at and my husband was so beside you know I was so beside myself that he um, he ended up buying this for, for me, so I often look at it. And the next morning I woke up and I thought, it is what it is. I can't change the fact that um, we've been deleted, but what can I do in this new position I'm in? And so we sort of drove them crazy with consumers contacting us. We we really sort of made sure that when eventually, it took about 18 months, so when eventually we did get back in, that we could get to the rate of sales that they required really quickly and as corny as it is to say, sometimes going through a huge trauma in, you know, your business is kind of what makes you. And for me, that really made me know my numbers and it made me sort of, I call it healthily paranoid about, you know, um, dotting our I's, crossing our T's, being as good as we possibly can, as quickly as we can, so that we can um, to try and hit the, the rates that are required for success. So, um 
it's easy to say that now, but at the time it was pretty uh, um, uh, heart-wrenching. Yeah. it's And the reason why I asked that question is it's you'd never wish it again, but if it wasn't for that, it's made you show up differently, you know, when you join the toss back yes. going backwards. And we understand how important numbers are for a business, but, you know, you learnt like a really, really, <laughs> like it's that was just a huge move to actually lose you know, your biggest client or one of your biggest clients. What did you do to get them back on? Like what was the the process there? So I think what happens is often we you live in the bubble of your own business. So you think, well, you know, taste my product, it's tasty. And, and, and the reality is for the supermarket buyers, it's not really about what their taste buds think. It's about whether the product is priced correctly, whether the marketing's right, whether it's going to actually be sold off the shelf. And this is, you know, across the board that, yes, we live in our own business world, but we have to see ourselves like other people see us, which is just one moment in, in a sea of decisions, you know. And and in um, in my category, there's people that come in and they they've already know what they're going to buy. So that might be that you buy a certain brand of beer and they go into Dan Murphy's and they just pick that up and they don't think they're not shopping around for something else. Mm-hmm. Or there's times when you come in and you think, well, I know that I want to buy muesli, but I might look at the range. I might see what grabs my fancy this week and I'll try that. And so for us, we needed to make sure that we had our business as strong and our pack looking as good so when people came in, there was enough of them would that would buy us and uh, that it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't about what the buyer thought that the product was like. It was about the speed that I could get the commercial success. Yeah, and I'm definitely that second buyer where if I know what it is that I'm buying, I'm very fast, though it's always for my son normally. It's like what else can I do for variety or what can I get him to try? Um, but the crackers, you've got the crackers which are yeah. gluten-free and I was looking for something different because I love to do platters when I have people around. And that was the first time I came across that. I was like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, and I'm the perfect person that you're after, which is when I put it in my mouth, I was like, oh, my gosh, and put in avocado and a bit of tomato and a bit of pepper. Oh, it's absolutely delightful. Um, Thank you. I'm very proud of those crackers. I love them too. Absolutely (laughs) delicious. Look, I am wary of the time to know that you've got to go. I do want to finish the question, um, the interview with this one question. You are a very busy woman. I would love to know what it is that you do to stay in alignment when to avoid stress, overwhelm, something that gets you away from your work day, something that makes you move or gets you more physical or something gets you back in your body. What would that one thing be that really? Well, I have to say for me, and I'm also a foodie, but it's family dinner. It's actually sitting at the table. It's lighting the candles. It's putting on some good music. It's having conversation you know, and, and, and sitting in a glass of wine and us all, you know, you know, there's six of us, so it's pretty crazy. But we do something called um, sparkle, kind, grateful. So, you know, all the things about your day. And to me, nothing grounds me more. And I think, you know, I would always say to anyone, doesn't matter how successful, what happens inside your four walls when no one's watching is the most, I think, greatest sign of the success that's happening in your life. You know, is there peace? Is there laughter? You know, is there happiness? And for me, that is what, what success is all about. Oh, that is beautiful. I only have one child and he's six <laughs> and we do do that at dinner. And oh, we just go, we go through three great things about the day and sometimes he doesn't want to do it so we'll go first and then get him warmed up. I don't do the candles. Gosh, there's a problem. Yeah. I've got these beautiful <laughs> candles and I never want to burn them. <laughs> I'm just going to start 
burning them to create right. experience. Just, just get the the simple ones, you know, for even from IKEA or some tea lights. And you know, um, and my each kid, you know, but obviously it's crazy at our place. But one of them goes and picks a couple of flowers out of the garden, and we just make it. We just make the the whole event quite nice. And I just read um, the Resilience Project from Hugh Vanden Klein, and he said. And he's changed it for me. Instead of saying, what are you, what, what's, he said, you have to ask yourself, what are the three things that went well for you today? Mm-hmm. And he said it because if you say what you're grateful for, you'll always come back to shelter and, you know, these big sort of ideas. But if you say what went well, that's a, that's a great way of framing it. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Cause we say what was great about the day. And then for my son, we'll go, hey, what was even good? What would just made you happy? Yeah. <laughs> We've got to break it down a couple of levels. Well, I'm going to start lighting my candelabras because I've got these two beautiful candelabras on my table and I never light them. I actually I love candles. I've got candles everywhere, though on that table I never burn them. I need to start burning them. So thank you for that tip. Carolyn, it's been absolutely a pleasure to be able to interview and share Carmen's more about the behind the scenes with the Herpreneur women. Um, thank you so much and we'll continue watching this journey and um, we're going to go out and get some more savouries under our belt. <laughs> Thanks so much, Annette. It's been beautiful and, uh, and I, um, I've really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you. You're listening to The Herpreneur Show. I hope you received the inspirational idea, thought, or message that you're meant to hear today. If you love the show, it means a bunch to me sending me a message on Facebook or on iTunes to rate and review the show and subscribe so you're the first to know when the next show's released. Until then, make sure you do something that fills up your level of happiness, something that lifts your vibration so high that you're the happiest person that you know. I'm out.